right now at Safeway. Get your skin winter ready with big savings on all your favorite skincare products. Shop for deals on items like Gillette Mach 3 razors, Gillette Labs razors and blades, Venus razors and blades, and Native Shampoo, Conditioner, and Body Wash. Plus, shop the buy two, get one free baking event and save on items like selected varieties of handy foil and good cook pans. Offer expires December 26th. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for full offer details. Looking to give back this holiday season? Donate to the Army Historical Foundation. For 40 years, the Army Historical Foundation has ensured our nation never forgets the sacrifices of those who serve. As the Army's nonprofit partner, the Foundation constructed the National Museum of the United States Army. The Foundation's work also extends beyond the museum's walls, restoring artifacts, touring historic battlefields, and remembering all we owe to America's Army veterans. Donate today at ArmyHistory.org. Let, let's start. Yep. Should we start? This is a wicked end. It. <laughs> this is an official download from the custardtv.com. The Custard TV podcast. I say it every week. I'm Luke, editor and runner of the website. Matt's here in the north. I am. And Gary's picked a wet weekend to go away. So Gary's just... here as well. A up. A up. Oh, no, that's me, isn't it? It's like, oh, why? Oh, why? Away what? in the London area. Watch ya. Yeah. Watch ya, copper. Yeah. <laughs> apples, and, apples and pears. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what he'd say if he were here. Oh, and it's a horrible day, listeners. It's a bloody oh. hurricane. What's his face? Storm hurricane. Callum. Gary. Gary's abandoned us for some <laughs> yeah. off I hope he's not camping. That would be horrendous. <laughs> I don't think he's ever camped, let's be honest. <laughs> Oh, actually, that is... I don't think Millet's do a big enough tent. (laughs) Can I just say, big disappointment. I checked our email box. Nobody so far taken us up on our idea of doing a wedding disco fully based on TV TV things. Um, And we've been researching and everything. Yeah, it might sound like this is just (laughs) a gimmick for the start of the podcast, but it is not. (laughs) The two that we left off, which I think will be real crowd-pleasers... Baywatch and the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh my God, that would really get him going. <laughs> and another crowd filler, the Ducktales theme tune. Oh, <laughs> let's not do a podcast. Let's just play these themes. Life is like a hurricane here in Duckburst. Uh, you, yeah. you can put a, a proper version of it in there. Also, uh, no, that was perfect. Why would I want to wreck it? <laughs> <laughs> Saved by the Bell as well would be one. I mean, California, the, California Dreams, you could have yes. a whole teen section. This sounds like a gimmick. It is so not a gimmick. This yeah, is an copyright, idea. Copyright, copyright, copyright. Patent pending. <laughs> Birthday parties. Yes. TV Christening. quizzes. Christenings. Or any occasion, you know. I've never been to a bar mitzvah. So, there's an idea for you. Custard TV Reviews. <laughs> At gmail.com if you want to send an event. Just no no real like music. We're not going to get Gangnam Style and Uptown Funk on your ass. We We're might play songs that were made famous in TV shows. I was thinking about this, Such not as, just themes. Go on. Like a sort of chocolate salty balls, maybe, something like that. Yeah, I think we could get away with that. Or just... like a do the Bartman, something like that. Yeah, I tell you what. This is an idea with far more scope than we originally yes. realised. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's not like we have empty lives either, listeners. No. Episode 244. 
<laughs> that demonstrates we don't have empty lives right there. Luke. Hey, everybody, here's our staff. Gary. I'd never heard of him before today. And Matt. He's a professional. Talking telly. Try it. Just for one week. Just try the program for one week. This is the Custard TV Podcast. And not a lot of TV news. Full disclosure again. Recording a bit Stop doing soon. that. Full disclosure. I, I like to... Well, cause, because we're recording a bit soon after we recorded last time, so TV news is thin on the ground. Killing Eve. Um, the, well, it's no surprise, is it, that the BBC well, have picked I'm, the I'm surprised that they announced this. It doesn't really mm. need announcing, but yeah. Do you think it bears a little bit of chatting about that Phoebe Waller-Bridge isn't returning for the second series to write yes. it? And it's... <laughs> Emerald I feel like, I feel like we've gone down Chat Alley and we may as well <laughs> sit in it and make a conversation up. Is that going to affect it, do you reckon? The fact well, that the, the, the only thing I've said to other people... EWB, said, as I like to call her. The only thing I've said to other people who have posed to me that exact question is, to be fair to the show, Phoebe Waller-Bridge or PWB... Didn't write all. <laughs> it's catching on. Catching on. <laughs> Didn't write all of the first series. She wrote uh, the first three, I think. Then, so but it, it was is, her it overall does... vision, I believe. Yes. You know, like she yeah. changed the gender of some of the characters. Mm. You could feel that humour of hers, sort of, within the show. And I suppose it is like a showrunner, isn't it? You know that they yeah. have in this. And it's odd to me that it's Patsy from Called the Midwife who's taking over, but you know. If it had been a man, maybe it would be a different conversation we would be having. Mm. But because it's another woman, I think it might have the same voice, even though it might not mm. have that same... I, think I mean, I don't really it, understand why they couldn't wait for her to to finish Fleabag that she's working on. Mm. I mean, it, even if it took another year and there was a bit of a gap. They have, they have already started filming the second Killing Eve, haven't they? Yeah, I went to the screening weeks ago and they'd already started it then. And it's got, like, ridiculous requests on um, the iPlayer, hasn't it? I read it the other day and I can't remember it now. Like, She's 26 million. Okay, that's just <laughs> 26 million short of who listened to this podcast every week. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's a better stat. Just, you know, if you're making notes, <laughs> that's one for you. Nina Sosnanya is joining the cast as well. God, she is in everything. I can't think of a show she's not possibly mm. been in. She, she does have a good agent, doesn't she? She's an um, incredibly good agent. We should start making a list of people with good agents. We, Nigel Lindsay's got one. Yeah, Will Meller. Will Miller has got one, <laughs> yeah. Kirby Howe-Baptiste really... recently. Oh, she has the... B- I mean... <laughs> it's not quantity, it's quality with her, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, with her. She's in like three of my favourite shows I've seen. Barry, The Good Place, and Killing Eve. And she's got a great name as well. We we should mention her name more often, which we will if she keeps turning up in good shows, I suppose. That's how it works. It'll be in the next right. series of uh, Big Little Lies or something like that. Oh, well done. Well done <laughs> if you are. It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> no. So, with the reviews, of which there are a few, and of which a lot are based on songs of uh, the 90s and beforehand, <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why that made me laugh. Shall we start with Informer, which is the new uh, BBC One drama for Tuesday nights? Yes. Stars... I love how you're always right, but you never sound like I, you are. 
I, I, I was struggling with the night there. Stars um, in the lead role, um, a newcomer, Naban Rizwan, who plays Raza, a um, young Muslim gentleman living in London. Uh, who <laughs> what? <laughs> a young Muslim gentleman living in London. That's what. <laughs> Sounds like you're doing a dating profile. He's quite a sort of contemporary man about town. And is sort of the the sort of other side of this story. We follow uh, Paddy Constantine's character Gabe, who works for CTSU, not not to be confused with CTU, where Jack Bauer worked. It's the same thing, basically. It's yeah. sort of the anti-terrorism yeah. task force, and Gabe is sort of the man who sort of works with the informers, and yeah. he's in, involved in recruiting them. We're introduced to uh, Holly, who is uh, played by Belle Powley. Who's a new recruit, sort of very wide-eyed, not quite knowing what she's doing yet. Raza gets uh, arrested for drug possession after a lady who he gives um, a substance to collapses at a nightclub. Gabe and Holly look at him and go, he might be a good informer. And the rest of the episode sees them try to recruit him and they sort of finally do. And there's a weird sort of through, there's a weird sort of through line. This character played by Jessica Rain, who might be dodgy. I'm not sure. That was sort of a weird thing where she's in at the beginning, and then you find out she's Paddy Constantine's wife or girlfriend at the end. So that's the basic premise of it. Did I miss anything out? No. Good. Um, <laughs> well then, I'll, I'm I'll a praise bit you. That this would be another interceptor. Maybe because yes, of the exactly. Name. What helps it is the performance by uh, Naban Rizwan, who I thought sort of oozed charisma. A very sort of likable chap, I thought. Um, no, I thought the complete opposite for the same reason. You're right. He oozes charisma, but that's exactly why I didn't like him. I thought he came <laughs> across. I thought he came across as really cocky and self-assured, mm. and I just immediately took against it. Yeah, I know what you mean, like an arrogance about him. Yeah, I, that I, is I perfect. Under, I can understand why you wouldn't like him, but I felt he was believable in the world, and it was believable that that the, the CTSU team would try and recruit him. I, I liked the first, say, 20 minutes of this, and then it sort of dipped for me, and I'm not quite sure why. As soon as he got arrested... It became very explainy and very, you know, trying to get this guy recruited. I tell you what, and I know this is terrible to say. Yes, it is. I had, I had lit- <laughs> you know, don't know what it's going to be, but you know you agree with that statement. I had no interest in it. No interest at all. I, I tried to. What's going in? I, did you go in with an open mind or? Possibly not. And I have to admit, <laughs> the, the, opening se- the opening sequence... Uh, in the cafe was very well done. Of course, we've got the two timelines here again because it's 2018 and you don't know quite why Paddy Constantine is in court and answering all these questions. The world might have been believable, perhaps, but I had no interest in it. And I, because I found the lead so arrogant and irritating, I didn't care about, you know, if if he was found dead at the end of the episode, I wouldn't feel any feeling at all I mean, it's just I mean, another one of those dramas that you'll easily forget about and i, I no think it's not for you and I, yeah. I i liked parts of it i thought paddy constantine was very believable in this sort of you know world weary role i think as well this is this is from new writers who sort of i think know this know this world quite well there was things to like about it but i i i was never fully engaged 
No, I don't it think was I another would, watching I, I, through glass rather than investing. I wonder what Gary would make of it because it is more his sort of thing, and and it's a shame he's not here. Um, but I, we I don't say that often enough, do we? I enjoyed it more than something like Interceptor. It was very oh mid. I would say it was middle of the road for me. Yes. Not yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. I didn't dislike it, but there wasn't a lot for me to to keep watching. So we go to something that I definitely enjoyed, and I think you did as well, Butterfly on ITV. This stars um, Anna Friel as um, Vicky, a uh, mother of a... It's an 11-year-old called Max, who um, is sort of struggling with um, his slash her gender identity. Um, He's a young boy, but we see his bedroom early on. It's, It's pink. He wears these sort of pink crop tops. And then we see him go um, to spend the weekend with his dad, Stephen, played by Emmett J. Scanlon. And he tries to put on this sort of perception of being the sort of normal 11-year-old son having a kickabout in the park. And his older sister's like, well, this isn't him. And then we see sort of flashbacks of, of him with his dad and his dad not being able to accept this. And the reason they're sort of estranged, the the, the parents might have something to do with the fact that the dad sort of slapped him when he was sort of showing these feminine traits. And then there's a scene where mum is about to go on a date and to stop it happening because he's got this idea that his parents are going to get back together, he self-harms and ends up in hospital. And then there's the questions about gender identity. We learn like at age five that he, the family went to see an educational psychologist who sort of identified this. I found it really interesting and really touching. I, I like your views before I give my views. First of all, commend, commending should be taken to ITV and to Tony Merchant and to Red Productions and to Nicola Schindler for producing something of this nature. It's definitely a hot-button topic at the moment, and I've seen a fair few documentaries on the subject. Louis Theroux did yeah. one a few years ago. For me, it felt a bit like an after-school special, something that could be shown in schools to explain why people might feel this way. And the other issue I had was if you told me to write a, tra- a, a drama about a, a, perhaps a transgender child or a gender-neutral child, I would write this drama with the dad not being able to accept it and the grandparents being a bit off and the kids at school picking up. But I think it. that's so very... Was, I, I, know it's, I know it's true to life, perhaps, yeah. but it didn't... There was nothing in there that I thought, oh, that's unique to this. I think it, I think it told the story it, it was expected to tell. I think the young boy who's a newcomer to the screen... Um, Callum Booth Ford. Did an did a, did a amazing and, and believable job in a role that must have been quite tricky to handle, but he, he did it well. And I thought the, the brother and sister relationship was nice and 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 believable. Again, I kind of got to the end of it and did I want to watch the next 3 or the next 2, sorry, probably not. You know, I'm not I'm not that invested and it's not something that I'll remember come this time I, next year. I completely disagree with that. I don't know, maybe because I've seen it more told through the eyes of mm. people in documentary form. Yeah, so maybe. Dra- the drama he... sort of feels like it's trying to teach me a lesson that I already knew. I didn't feel know? I didn't find it preachy at all. I also found the music a bit odd. I really I know that's one of the things I was going to praise. I really liked the music. I thought it gave it a unique feel, certainly different from any ITV drama, and I liked the sort of opening titles. I really like that scene, you know, with the mermaid when they go to the aquarium. I just no, fa- see I didn't 
Well, you're just, yeah, you, you like your, you know, I think I think sometimes you like your drama too, too I don't know. I, I, I liked all those elements. The music, I felt, give it like a, a dreamlike quality, which added to this sort of sense of he wanted to leave this sort of world that didn't really understand him. I will agree to an extent that the one bit which I found maybe did sort of get into that sort of after-school special thing was the stuff at the school. I found the bullies quite generic. But I, th- mm. I, I feel everything else. I, 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 you know, Emma J. Scanlon stuff trying to understand it from his point of view you know you saw his dad you saw how he was brought up and and I I I sort of believe that you know this isn't how boys are meant to act you know he just wants him to be a normal boy and I think that is a believable reaction whereas like the the mum and the sister were trying to sort of let him have this life to a certain extent I'll tell you what I think it was then for me having listened to you speak yeah I think because I've seen a lot in documentary, mm. and it's such a hot button issue in the news and social media. I, see, I, don't, I don't, I don't read yeah. the news, and I'm not yeah. on social media. Very well, well, no, you're not. Um, and but so the thing is, this I might have enjoyed if it came out five, six years ago mm. when it wasn't such a big. But because it sort of told me a story that I could, I already knew, and yeah. so I wasn't. But I think it no, was specific was to this. I, I didn't find it. Gen- I think you found it generic. Whereas I believe, I yeah. believe in the family. I, I, I think the chemistry between the four actors. Believe you believe that these were. Well, I certainly believe that these were. You know, the characters, chil- Anna Friel's children, Vicky's children. They all had this. It wasn't just actors playing these parts. It was a believable family unit for me. I found the Alison Stebman character, the grandma, a little yeah. bit, maybe. Her character you could have done without, I felt. I felt yeah, it did need this need sort of older, there. condescending character. I mean, Callum Boothford was tremendous in this, like, anchoring this drama. I, I felt it was very well cast. I really liked the music. Um, and I didn't think, I don't know, I th- I, I felt, uh, obviously, there there was this topic, you know, it was this sort of hot button topic, as you say. But I, 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 I saw it more as like this story about this boy just trying to find his identity. And that scene where his sister gets him, convinces him to go and dance, you know, he wants to go and dance with the girls on the playground, mm-hmm. where not play football with the boys and you know we didn't mention that he's starting high school so this is where yeah. you know he, he he's changing and things like this i just found it really i i really yeah. enjoyed it i think for me it was just reflecting back things that i'd seen mm. in documentaries on the bbc stories i'd heard on the news stories i've seen on documentaries on channel four and it wasn't you know i think it's i think what it is it's a good introduction to the topic if you're not aware but then of it. I, for me, you know, I've seen that Louis Theroux documentary. I've seen things about it before. I still feel it was it was a different voice. It was a dramatic voice telling this story. I don't think just because there's documentaries on the subject that there can't be this drama as well. And I, I can see what you're saying in terms of introducing it for a mainstream sort of Sunday night ITV audience. Mm. Um, but I didn't feel that even though I knew quite a lot on this topic... The way they presented it, slight, you know, it, it was slightly, with the music and everything like that, it was slightly a different style that I wasn't expecting going in. I think that's what I liked about it. And the, the, the sort of, the, there was a little bit of humour in it as well with the sister and everything, you know, you never pay any attention to me. And I, I just really liked it. I found it believable. I found it, you know, enjoyable. 
I didn't think it was as issue based as it could have been. Yes, and I, and I, I like the the fact that the sister wasn't, you know, this rebellious character who, who, you know, like you say, you said you don't pay any attention to me, but she wasn't I, moody I, I about it. They had yeah. a friendship. I don't think they pushed the 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 issue down your throat. You know, it's mainly about the character first and the issue second. I don't think it mm. was it was pushing it down your throat as much as you would have thought. The the one other thing I wanted to bring up, which maybe for me was a criticism, was that it sort of it felt like the sort of conclusion to the first episode felt a bit rushed almost. It's like he wants to be a she now, he wants to be Maxime rather than Max. I felt it needed a, if it was like a BBC One like full hour, I think it would have had a bit more sort of room to sort of tell this story. It felt a little bit rushed towards the end, like this is how we want to end episode one maybe if it was a four-parter rather than a three but that is a minor niggle for me and I, drama i really enjoyed and i am going to remember you're going and, to go on with davina and, and say this time next year i will remember yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then i'll come on with like a t-shirt <laughs> yeah attention everyone you're listening to the custard tv podcast what more could you ask for the official podcast of the custard tv we do the podcast as a hobby with teleobsessives and we like having an outlet to talk to each other and to you about our favourite or least favourite telly. Uh, unfortunately though, there are some costs that come with it, like the server that the podcast is on, just general uh, running of the website and also getting to and from the various events that we go to. It's all on a hobby and uh, we don't have the excess cash uh, to do all these extra things we'd like to do. So if you'd like to support us in any way at all, there are several ways. We've got a Patreon site that you can visit and donate as much or as little as you want for extra content. That's patreon.com forward slash TV. We also stick our individual reviews up on YouTube. Just search The Custard TV there as well. How you can help us there is just by liking, subscribing and doing all the things the cool vloggers say uh, to get the word out that we're there. Also on iTunes, if that's where you get your podcast from, you can um, write us a five-star review, tell your friends to listen, and just get the general word of the podcast out there. As I say, we do it as a hobby. We're very grateful to everyone who listens. But if you can help us out, we'd really be very grateful. Thank you very much for listening. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email. CustardTVReviews at gmail.com And something that's very similar, I, I feel, is, is There She Goes. I think you can sort yeah. of draw a comparison. Let's do the three songs together. I mean, they introduced it as a comedy drama, which that, I had an that's issue the first. That's the first mistake they make. Yes. Because this why, was... Why it, I remember... it have to be a comedy drama? Yeah. You know, why does it have to be? Written by Sean Pye, who I think is someone I've seen on... Yes, you have. Did you see Extras? Yes. He is uh, like Ricky Gervais's nemesis mm, yes. in Extras, who's always getting the jobs uh, that Ricky Gervais wants. And this is very much an autobiographical thing about... Very it, much uh, so. He, his daughter uh, being born with this rare um, chromosome chromosomal disorder, I want to say. Yes. Um, yes. 
Uh, it focuses on a family. Um, the mum and dad, uh, Simon and Emily, are played by David Tennant and Jessica Hines, and um, about having a nine-year-old girl with sort of severe learning difficulties. The girl's called uh, Rosie, played by Miley Locke. Every episode sort of focuses on her. I think it's 2015 for some strange reason. Mm. Uh, uh, well, she was born in 2006, which is the same year that. Sean Pye's daughter was born in, I believe. Okay, and so I it's really, really autobiographical. Yes, um, and it follows a day in the life of, of the parents struggling to look after her, struggling to because she can't communicate verbally. Mm. Uh, she, they try and take her to the park, and she just sort of doesn't want to. There's a scene where she's hidden a poo somewhere in the house, and mm. then there's a different timeline where we see her being born um when uh here in key west we were out before it was in in this open and inclusive paradise you can be yourself make new friends and savor our live and let live vibe with lgbtq plus friendly accommodations our legendary nightlife and year-round activities and events it's always a good time to come as you are Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The mother's stomach is is measured. It's like the development. Then we can see it isn't as fast as it should have been. And you see the Jessica Hines character go, why isn't anyone else worried about her? Blah, blah, blah. And because we can see her in the modern day and what's happened. We sort yeah. of sympathize with her more. What did you think of this one? Initially, because I, I did my usual thing of um, just getting a feel for it and then watching it properly uh, with my full attention. Initially, I thought I was going to struggle because the big mistake they make is calling it a comedy. It isn't a comedy. It's no. a fa- it's a emotional well, family do, piece. They do try and put some jokes in yeah. there which just don't work. And... No, they don't work. And, and I think that is... I don't know whether... They said, can you make it a bit of a comedy so mm-hmm. people don't find the subject matter it so It feels cutting. as well like you can't have a half an hour drama in this country. No, I agree with that. And I don't know why. I don't know why we have to say it's a comedy because it's going in a half an hour slot. And I, I was a bit worried that I wasn't going to be able to emotionally connect because David Tennant is David Tennant and he's, he's brilliant, but he's David Tennant. And Jessica Hines I know so well as well. So could I... You know, can I put them in the shoes of these parents? And there, that didn't happen for me until he's come back upstairs after hearing a load of banging, and he's just at wit's end with her banging uh, her bedroom door against the wall and making a hole in it. He's just absolutely frustrated. And then there's a wonderful scene where it's very emotional, where Jessica is saying that she's taken the place of the beautiful daughter I was supposed to have, and all that really. Mm. I was invested in that and emotionally connected to all that. Where it struggles, unfortunately, is where it has to be a comedy. And I think in this mm. in this scenario, the two timelines work better 
than most shows that use them because you're seeing how they feel throughout the young girl's life, not just now. I think you almost need the two timelines for that. Yeah, I agree with that. I did struggle with this, I have to say. Yeah, well, I did. The highlight for me was Jessica Hines. I thought she was so good in everything she did. David Tennant, on the other hand, that character, and I don't know if this is because Sean Pye was writing it and it was like, warts and all, this is what I feel about and I'm really guilty about these things that I've done in the past and... But he was just really... I just didn't warm to him at all. And I don't know if you were meant to or... It was just like he he tried his best to ignore everything that was wrong with his daughter. And, and I, could, I, can, I can see that you would do that to an yeah, extent. But, but not when was she was not... Maybe an... in the flashback scenes when it was like, you know, I, I, you know I'm struggling with this. But now you've, you know, it's, it's nine years on... And I can understand you would still struggle, but you would yeah. have learned... Well, again, I don't know, because I've never been in this situation. No, no. But... And I sort of have been around parents in this situation. Mm. And I think humour is an important part. Yeah, definitely. I think, but... I think there was some humour that was misjudged, but then mm. can you say, well, he's got the right to use it because he's in the situation. There was a, there was a simple mind joke that I didn't like. No. That I, that I thought, oh, that's a bit misjudged and every everything david tent said seemed to be a bit of a jab like but the the the, yeah. the scene like when he was trying to ignore like what he's why you know not going to help her and wanting to do the crossword and things like yeah. it almost felt a bit malicious i can imagine that you would have i i know that you would have those days where you just think yeah i just want a peaceful half hour but he seemed to be like that all the time yeah he didn't let up. I was hoping that at the end of the first episode, he would have like a eureka moment. He sort and he of did. He kind of did. He kind of did. But I watched some of the second episode as well, and it yeah. felt like we're back to him being. Yeah. The and I don't know if that's because they were trying to make the comedy, and and you needed those like, oh look at the comedy dad who's ignoring his daughter and just wanting. The, the, you do, do you know what I mean? And I, I don't the, know. Because I I can't relate to this fully, I don't know if this is something that someone would do, is is try and ignore it as best you can before you get pulled upstairs. And it might be something that happens occasionally, but because because it has to... There's this imbalance of tone running throughout. The the tone is the problem. Because mm. what we're good at here is doing doing very human stories with pockets of humour. Yeah. But what they've tried to do is make this situation perhaps more humorous than it needs to be. I think they don't trust the audience yes. to watch a, I think that might be this. my issue with it. If, they, if you told me they're doing a half-hour drama starring David Tennant and Jessica Hines who, with a mentally disabled young daughter who is struggling to raise her in the modern world and struggling with the issues they've got, and it's got punches of humour, but it wasn't a comedy... They, I don't think mm. they trust the audience to watch it, even though David Tennant fans will watch it without question to see David Tennant do a new thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I wanted to like this a heck of a lot more than I did because I think it's a it's a brave commission and a step in the right direction. Yeah. I th- but then I th- so was Butterfly was a brave commission as well, and I thought I thought of the two, they, they got it right in terms of you know, family struggling, coping with children who are different. 
And I think that's the theme that runs through mm. both. I think it should make you a bit uncomfortable uh, mm. as well and say, should I be laughing at this? But I, but I wasn't... But the bits I was uncomfortable with didn't really re- revolve around the relationship yeah. with I the daughter. I just found it a struggle had, to watch. Had, they had the C word in there quite early, which yeah. I don't hear often in, in TV, and I was thinking, oh, that's... I didn't okay. notice that, to be honest. I just found yeah. it a struggle to watch, and I don't know if that was the characters or... because And it's because it's David Tennant and they need to put his character sort of first and foremost. And every time you focused on Jessica Hines, and especially in those mm. 2006 scenes, I found it the most compelling and I a think a lot of that's the time they felt like well. they were in two different shows and mm, that, that's the definitely. problem and I, and I think that comes back to we've got to we're, we're selling this as a comedy and we don't trust that if we put this on as a half hour well, we're drama, selling it as a comedy drama which is a cop out in the first place because that is all these years on from stuff like cold feet and things people don't really know what a comedy drama is but why does it have to be called that? Why can't it be a drama about a family having this because, issue? Because, as you it, say, TV has to be sold and TV yeah. has to be put in a box. But if they, if literally. They took the, if they took the comedy out, I, I probably would have enjoyed it more. I probably would have been more engaged and on yeah. their side. I just, I don't know. It was something that I struggled, you know, I didn't find it an, an easy watch, if I'm honest. No. It took no. a couple of a couple of goes. And you said, you know, you had to sort of it was up at, I think it was like the twenty minute mark where that scene I spoke yeah, of. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and there was a really then, misjudged um Sophie's choice gag in there as well. Yeah. Where he said, you know, if the Nazis told me that I had to lose one of my children, I'd lose Rosie because you know, because she's a lot more so, it's you know, a very it's, difficult balance because you can mm. take against him. Completely. I would really like to hear Sean Pye's story. I would really like to hear think, his story. I think this is, I think this is his story, mm. from what I but can I, But in you know, without having to fit it in the boxes of you know, we've just said it feels like he's had to put in bits that maybe aren't as believable because it has to be this sort of comedy. Mm. I'd like to hear his. Without it being dramatised, you know what I mean? I'd like yeah. to just hear his story being told by him and maybe mm. meet his daughter and things like that. In this case, maybe this would have worked better as a documentary. I wonder why it wasn't him. Maybe mm. just that he was too close to it. To, for it to yeah, be maybe. And and as you say, maybe because you've got David Tett, he's going to... But I don't know but if there's going to be a lot BBC of people... then again, it's BBC Four that, on a Tuesday night. So. Exactly. A lot of people are going to seek this out. I don't know if they will. Because, you know, it's, a B- it's BBC Four and, you know, the tone of a BBC Four comedy is something like Detectorist and all. And BBC Four do try and, and do different stuff, but this isn't a comedy at the end of the day and it shouldn't no. be a comedy. I sort of applaud them for being brave by having a, 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 um, a piece of entertainment which focuses on a very uncomfortable subject. And mm. I really like the Jessica Hines stuff, but I did mm. struggle with the imbalance of tone. And especially with the David Tennant character. Yeah. There she goes, as we say, Tuesdays at 10 uh, for five weeks on BBC4. This just in for your entertainment. Get the latest TV news direct from thecustardtv.com. My God, you are pure television. Guaranteed. Um, we've got 
the bisexual. Did you watch? Yes, I did, and you've ruined the podcast now because we had three song, uh, three shows that were all named uh, with a song, and now you've gone and spoiled it by saying something stupid like the bisexual. (laughs) (laughs) This is written and stars. I want Desiree Ackerman. I've seen the film, um, which is very similar to this. It's called Appropriate Behaviour, which again is her struggling to be this sort of bisexual who's come from like a religious background. I'm not sure of her sort of ethnicity, but it's sort of trying to be this modern bisexual woman from a family who sort of frowned upon it. And the film she did is more from that sort of perspective. This is her playing a gay woman who initially is in a relationship with um, a character played by Maxine Peake. They run like a like an online clothing sort of company. They describe it as Shazam for clothes, but I don't yes. know really what that means. Soon after, they do this newspaper interview where uh, the Maxine Peake character reveals that she wants to get married and have children and things like that, which scares Layla, um, forces her to sort of say, let's go on a break. She ends up moving in with this sort of um, very nervous Irish man who's a teacher who's not quite sure how to take like this lesbian housemate. And she ends up sort of like poo-pooing the notion of bisexuality and then taking this, um, I think he's like the coat check guy from the club that they're at takes him home and there's this awkward encounter where she's like, you know, I've never been with a man before. And and then at the end, you know, she tries to go and propose to uh, Maxine Pete's character and finds out that she's sleeping with another woman who works in their office. Now, for me, I'm glad Gary's not here because he wouldn't have finished no, this. <laughs> he wouldn't have got to the end, no. At the start, I felt, oh, yeah, when there's that stuff with the newspaper interview and things yeah. like that, I was like, I really like this. I think there's good chemistry between Desiree Akaban and Maxine Peake. Yeah. And then as soon as she moves in with the guy and it gets a bit generic and she's putting in lines about the L word and blue is the warmest colour and it almost feels like it's trying to push the envelope to to an extent. For me personally, I feel like this is another sort of Phoebe Waller-Bridge situation where I think if someone else had been in it, apart from Desiree Akaban, and I know this is her story, it Mm. might have been a little bit better. It might have... She's directed a film recently called The Miseducation of Cameron Post, which, which has got... Um, Chloe Grace Moretz in the lead role, which has got really good reviews. I I personally want to see it. And I think if she hadn't put herself in the lead role, it feels a bit clunky, you know, her being an American Mm. as well. I don't know if that's just me. I I think if it was another British actress, it would have worked a little bit better. I think the Irish flatmate, he had some good one-liners. In he it. did, but they did. They felt again like they were in a different show to yeah, the stuff. Yeah, definitely. It just didn't all sort of fit together for me. Maxine Peake obviously was the best thing about it because she's Maxine Peake. But she's um, not in it enough for you to really gauge. Enough. No, exactly. Um, what are your thoughts on it? They mirror yours, really. I yeah. just I can't really Good, say because anything. we seem to have disagreed quite a lot on this podcast. No, I just didn't enjoy it. In, in, Without ripping it as to much bits. As, as much as I feel like you should have done to to carry on with it. I didn't feel like she fitted into no. the world she created. It was a very Even weird... though, again, this is her story, isn't it? 
I think for this to work, you have to be a bit on her side, and I, yeah. I never was. And there were bits I liked. I liked her, her friend who works in her family shop. Yeah. I thought she was okay. I thought the Irish flatmate was good, but again, separate show. It was almost like he was in... I did like um, when he was um, like, you know, so what do we all think of Blue is the War? It almost felt like a bit of a Chris O'Dowd in the IT crowd sort of character. Yeah. When he it goes just, to sit down, what do we all think of Blue is the warmest colour then? Is yeah. it a fair representation? I, I just feel like... Mm, they're all in for, different shows. For me, it didn't gel, and I had no desire to, to watch on. No, I agree. I, this won't go out until Friday, and on Thursday is the final episode of No Offence. So let's just talk about how we feel oh, about that as a whole uh, for Series 3. You, you, now, you go ahead, because I feel well, like I've been talking a lot. We both have. It's a two-man podcast. The, the third <laughs> series of No Offence was the first one that Sky, for some reason, allowed us to binge. It was a deal with Channel 4. And I watched a, a YouTube video that Matt sent me of uh, quite recently about US showrunners that were up for Emmys. And they were just talking about um, the, the way people watch TV differently and how... Showrunners of comedy shows. Yeah, that you can't write every episode like it's going to be watched one after another after another. And people have a different relationship with the shows they are watching. And the reason I wanted to talk about No Offence, this third series, is because I do feel like I had a different relationship with the show mm. because I watched it yeah. pretty... I, I didn't watch it in a full binge. I went to the States, came back and caught up with it and watched it in a full binge. And I really, really think it was a really strong series. But the problem when you have a binge, though, like we did is I struggle to remember bits of it and I struggle to remember where one episode ends and another one starts and all the story sort of bleeds into one and I don't know whether this is a show that is designed to do that. I did it and I enjoyed it and I thought all the performances and the stories they told were just as great as... I think, it, for me, it goes 2-3-1 for no offence. I think the series has just been really strong and I applaud the team... For just coming I would agree with again that. and again with different stories that we've not seen in a crime drama. We've seen mm. countless crime drama and yet somehow Paul Abbott and his team behind No Offence managed to put their own twist and spin on it that makes it feel completely unique. And you know, in a lot of things happen where you think that would never happen, but the world is so authentic Anything can happen in the no offence mm. world, and I would go along for the again. Ride that's with the it. criticism I've seen launched against it that it's too comic and cartoony, which I don't agree with. No, I don't agree with because I think they've just created a world. If you're if you're on their side, which I which I always am, then you'll go along for whatever journey they're gonna do. I think it was really strong. I think Lisa McGrills was very good from Mum. Um, mm. I thought Claire Rushbrook, who is now the third boss in mm. as many series to look after Joe Scanlon and her team w was just fitted like she was It's a reunion to be there. from Requiem earlier in the year. Because you watched it so long ago, is it one of those things I, that's still fresh in your mind? Or I agree. I had is, that, exact, is that the downside of the I, binge? I had the exact same feeling in when I finished it. I was like, I know that was good, but because I've, it's, I, I've rolled it along it. at such a stage, I think if I'd had more time to digest each episode it would have been better and i think it's like maybe rushing through a meal rather than sort of savoring every course is is a good analogy yeah. but yeah. there was a lot to like in it i i would i would add sharon rooney who was mm. 
really very frightening different. as like the lead villain almost. Neil Maskell was very good. Um, I really liked the aforementioned Nigel Lindsay in, in the two episodes. He was as the sort of weird, sleazy Terry Taylor, his character was called. In other dramas or, again, comedy dramas, would have been just a foolish figure. And he was to an extent, but he did get his moments where... He is a good copper. He does look after, like, there's a scene where he goes out with Jonah mm. and he sort of, you know, says the PC was still talking and things, you know, he's very protective. He There's a scene where he doesn't, he hasn't learned Tegan's name and then makes a thing of putting on his hand so he can remember it next time. There was an endearing side to his character, even yeah, though he, he did have a heart a attack after masturbating in the toilets. Well, which I really liked yeah. and <clears throat> had about a problem with odor as well which yeah. which was was really well sort of mm. done throughout as always love Paul Ritter in this he got a little bit yeah, more to do sort of falsifying what evidence did, what they did cleverly was that I thought I felt like everybody had a little yeah. bit more to do maybe that's was... because Alexandra Roach was killed off early on and they didn't really replace her that there was another you know sort what of space. was interesting I didn't really think about her after that first no. episode I know her presence was there and she was mentioned mm. a lot but considering she was a key character in the first two series that i loved mm. i didn't really think about her a great Certainly deal in the second series she was brilliant obviously if it's there and it's a show we love we're gonna take advantage of mm. being able to watch them all thinking about it now i think a week-to-week build-up for this works better and i think it's because you race through them and you enjoy them and then you've got that sense of yeah oh, i did it i think over two yeah. or three days yeah, but I mean, it's it's the fact that you wanted to keep going is is a quality thing, and the fact that we still like it after doing that. But I don't know whether every show should be bingeable. You know, I loved the last series of The Bridge, and that's because I I raced mm. through it and and did those final four episodes all together, and that still holds up. And I think no offense, Will, but I don't think I need every show to be this bingeable no. thing. I think it depends on the story because No Offence is still very episodic, even though it had that through line. It had set stories in every episode, whereas Killing Eve and Maniac, which I finished recently on on Netflix, is one story, continuous story. The episodes are the serialisation of like the novel, whereas No Offence is still the old TV mould, which we seem to be losing now in this generation Mm. of... Of binging and things like that. Not necessarily a good thing to, no. to lose that. Yeah, okay, no then. offense. Uh, really good and w- watch it. It is a it is a really good show. It's different. It's unique. And I think, as we said before, if it was an American show, a lot more people would be talking about it because I think it's it is something the Brits don't do very often. Um, and I think they should do it more. And it, and it worked. The tone in this worked for me. So yeah, yeah. thanks for and talking about the, something. They pushed the with. envelope. They push the envelope more than something like the bisexual that just tries to do it a bit too hard. Yeah, so it's all on all four. It concludes, concludes, grow up, man. Concludes <laughs> on Channel Four, and you can catch it all on all four. And I, I do really think it's still one of the strongest shows and one of the more unique shows on uh, on British television. Pick of the week. I'm going to go for something I didn't think I'd go for. Saturday at 9. 54 hours. Saturday at 9 on BBC4. 54 hours. The Glad- the Gladbeck hostage crisis. How's this for a sell? Right? This is a 90 minute each two-parter. 
about a German hostage crisis in 1988, and it is incredibly... And it's German language. It's German language, English subtitles. But I have to say, it's really, really compelling. And considering that the, fir- the, the both episodes, I've only seen one, but both episodes are 80 minutes, and I don't remember the last thing we watched that was that long, and I don't know whether I'm going to make you watch it for the podcast or not due to time, but I found it really... Right, I, I'm definitely going to watch it. I found it really compelling. So that's 9 o'clock, 54 hours, the Gladbeck hostage crisis. It's a true story as well, and what I liked about it is it just gets gets on with it. There's no messing about. It starts with the crisis. It's not all the build-up yeah. and stuff. It just it's, it's claustrophobic and it's brilliant, and it's in German. I could say Butterfly again, because that was the one yeah, thing I'm could. looking forward to watching. Um, yeah. yeah, Butterfly. There's not even anything like Netflixy or anything, or not that I'm aware of. Killing no. Eve still on. Watch that. That's good. Yeah. The thing that happens with the binge, you say Killing Eve still on, you forget because you've done it and you're over mm. it, kind of thing. You forget that it's still this thing yeah. on the TV, and that that's why I wanted to discuss No Offense because you've done it and you kind of forget that it's still out there and people are still experiencing it. So yeah, 54 hours, the Gladbeck hostage crisis Saturday on BBC4, and then Matt will champion once again uh, the the uh, Butterfly programme, or as it's known, Butterfly, on ITV. I thought you were going to say the Butterfly effect. Don't watch that. Film, no, that's, that's terrible. Uh, 9 o'clock ITV on the Sunday. So basically what we're saying there is go out for the rest of the week. It's mm. not a ton. All right, then, that's it. Thank you. Bye. Take care. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes, and Facebook. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.